0: Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Catechism in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's plan of sheer goodness for us revealed in scripture and passed down through the tradition of the Catholic faith. The Catechism in Year is brought to you by Ascension. In 365 days, we'll read through the Catechism of the Catholic Church, discovering our identity in God's family as we journey together toward our heavenly home. This is Day 13. Welcome back, everybody. We're reading paragraphs 96 through 100. A few reminders as we get started. I'm using the Ascension edition of the Catechism, which includes the Foundations of Faith approach, but you can follow along with any recent version of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. That would be just fine. If you want to download your own catechism and a year reading plan, visit ascensionpress.com C-I-Y. And also, I don't know if you know about this, but you can follow, you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on subscribe or follow or wherever you would listen to your podcast for daily notifications. As I said, it is day 13 and we just have the in brief. There are five paragraphs, AKA almost about five sentences that we're going to just spend, spend time with today. And so it is a summary, obviously of what we just read, what we just heard the last couple days. So we talked about this. We talked about the transmission of divine revelation. That's what we've been focusing on for the last few days. And so here's God who loves us so much. He wants to reveal himself so fully to us. He does in Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. And then the apostles pass this on to us in two ways, right? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm working through the church. That, that revelation, the fullness of revelation of God in Jesus Christ is passed on orally and in writing. And so, and that's then passed down through apostolic succession. We talked all about that. Also, we talked about how there is sacred tradition and sacred scripture make up the, the deposit of the word of God, right? The deposit of faith there. And that we need a reliable interpreter of that, the magisterium. So that's kind of my summary. And now we're gonna get what the catechism's summary is. Again, these are basically five simple sentences that we're going to take a little deeper look at after we say this prayer. Here we go. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord God, we thank you so much. We thank you for continuing to reach out to us. We thank you for continuing to speak to us. We thank you for continuing to call us closer to you. Lord God, you have not abandoned this age. You have not abandoned this generation, but you in the power of your Holy Spirit, continue to pour out your goodness, your grace, your love, and your truth upon every heart that seeks you. Lord God, you even pour out your grace and truth and love upon hearts that don't seek you. God, help us. Help us to be hearts that are open to your love, that are open to your grace, that are open to your truth. And help us to never forget what you've done in our lives. Seal seal the knowledge of you and seal the knowledge of truth in our in our hearts. Seal the graces that you've given to us deeply into our lives and help us always, always to pursue you because you will never stop pursuing us. In Jesus' name we pray, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I said, it is day 13. We're reading paragraphs 96 through 100. Again, <laughs> five brief sentences essentially, these five brief paragraphs, but just Remember, uh, we can pay attention to like, oh, wait, I've heard these things before. This is simply a reminder of what I already know so I can get it deeper into my heart and deeper into my life. Here we go, paragraphs 96 through 100. In brief, what Christ entrusted to the apostles, they in turn handed on by their preaching and writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to all generations until Christ returns in glory. E Verbum stated, sacred tradition and sacred scripture make up a single sacred deposit of the word of God, in which, as in a mirror, the pilgrim church contemplates God, the source of all her riches. De Verbum also states, the church in her doctrine, life, and worship perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is, all that she believes. Thanks to its supernatural sense of faith, The people of God as a whole never ceases to welcome, to penetrate more deeply, and to live more fully from the gift of divine revelation. The task of interpreting the word of God authentically has been entrusted solely to the magisterium of the church, that is, to the Pope and to the bishops in communion with him. All right. As I said, five sentences. That is all we have today. That's why today's going to be kind of a a little nugget day, uh, this kind of bite-sized pieces. And one of the things I want to highlight, again, is just something that might have been a little bit of a surprise to some people. Typically, we think, okay, divine revelation is uh, the Bible, right? That's the word of God. Yes, you are not wrong. But also we recognize that sacred tradition and sacred scripture as a whole, they make up the single sacred deposit of the word of God, which is, which is necessary for us. And why, why can we say that that's necessary? Why can we say that um, divine revelation includes the sacred tradition and not merely sacred scripture? Well, we can say it for a number of reasons. One of those reasons being, scripture kind of points this out. In fact, St. Paul himself makes it relatively clear in his second letter to the Thessalonians when he says, so then stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us either by word of mouth or by our letter. Remember going back over the last couple of days we we noted that divine revelation has come to us orally and in writing. We didn't just make that up. That comes from here sacred scripture where sacred scripture itself says, yeah, this is this is what we've passed on to you orally or in writing. Not only that, but we also recognize the role of the church, the role of the church to be to be able to give us divine revelation. I mean, think about this we have the canon of scripture the list of the books of the bible all 73 books that's that list of the books in the bible isn't in the bible where does it come from well it comes from sacred tradition and so we recognize that everybody everybody who reads the bible and says yep these are the books they're relying upon an authority outside of the bible they're relying upon sacred tradition so we can we can say really clearly that sacred tradition and sacred scripture make up a single sacred deposit of the word of God. We need both because without either, we would be we, well, we would be deficient, essentially. And so that's really important as we just kind of highlight this. Moving on from there, paragraph 98 states, the church in her doctrine, life, and worship perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is, all that she believes. Now, the first part of that statement, I think we would all say, oh, that obviously where it says, The church in her doctrine. That, yeah, in her teaching, doctrine simply indicates teaching, that the church in her doctrine perpetuates and transmits to every generation what she is and what she believes. But the statement is not just that the church in her doctrine, meaning like here's the teachings, but in her life and her worship perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is all that she believes. That is so important. It's so so real. You know, there are many people who have come to like an intellectual conversion to Jesus or an intellectual conversion to the Catholic faith. Meaning, you know, they've they've read their way into the church, which is, it's beautiful, it's powerful, it's amazing. And then they show up to a parish (laughs) and they say, oh, wow, this is not like what I read. Because, you know, every parish is, is slightly different. They might go to mass and like, wait a second, I, they might know the, the beauty, the mystery, the power, the reality of the mass. And then they show up for, you know, a daily mass at whatever church and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is what that is? Oh, goodness gracious. Like that can be a situation. But the church is highlighting the catechism here, quoting Dave Erboom, is highlighting, no, actually that does reveal what and who the church is that the life and worship of the church, not the broken life, not necessarily a broken worship or or the cheap worship where maybe someone uh, isn't actually doing what they should be doing at mass, but the way the church prays and the way the church lives does reveal who the church is and what the church believes. Now, here's what I mean. There's this phrase, lex arandi, lex credendi, and what that means in English is the law of prayer is the law of belief, meaning that the way the church prays actually reveals the way the church, what the church believes. And so I would invite every one of us to pay attention to the prayers that are uttered during the mass, because this is revealing something deeply about what it is that we believe as as followers of Jesus Christ. And that's so powerful. Um, also, we recognize the church in her doctrine, as we said, yep, life and worship perpetuates and transmits to every generation all that she herself is, all she believes. There's this element where sometimes you'll have Christians who will say, Well, you know, kind of challenge Catholics and say, Well, where's that in the Bible? Where'd you get that idea? Like that's not that's not necessarily explicitly there. And we'd say, Okay, a couple things to keep in mind. One thing to keep in mind is as we already noted, Second Thessalonians, where Second Thessalonians, Paul notes that there are things that we believe that were not written down, that were simply spoken by word of mouth, right? Okay, so things that we believe that are not strictly speaking in sacred scripture, but are part of sacred tradition. That's Second Thessalonians. Also, the church has the authority to teach why, because in 1 Timothy 3.15, it's very, very important. First Timothy 3.15, uh, St. Paul is writing to Timothy and he basically says, I hope to come to you soon. This is verse 14. But I'm writing these instructions to you so that if I am delayed, you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and bulwark of the truth. Now, that is very, very important. Why? Because it highlights the fact that here is scripture saying that the church is the pillar and bulwark of truth. A lot of times you have people who will say, no, no, scripture is the pillar and bulwark of truth. Okay, okay, I I believe the scripture is true. We're gonna talk about that more in the days to come. But scripture itself says that the church is the pillar and bulwark of truth and we have to pay attention to that. We can't dismiss that or ignore that or deny that because it is true. So we recognize that the church, yes, in her doctrine, written down, sacred scripture, and in her doctrine, sacred tradition, but in her very life, it's also that last piece, the very life. It's kind of an example that I think it might go back, <laughs> back in the day, to a movie called *The Few Good Men*. At one point, if you if you've seen it, you know what the story is. Here's a, a Tom Cruise movie, and here is um there's a, there's a soldier, and he is stationed in Guantanamo Bay, and he gets he gets killed by his fellow soldiers who are carrying out this thing that they were calling a code red. Now, a code red was apparently a a off the books term or phrase used to indicate the ways in which a fellow soldiers would keep their Fellow soldiers in line, kind of a, a thing like they'd they'd meet out some discipline to the uh, fellow soldiers to bring them up to scratch or kind of whatever. So it's kind of a hazing kind of thing, kind of a disciplinary thing. And, and this one was not only violent, but it in, ended up with the death of this guy. Anyways, so here's the courtroom scene, and they're trying to figure out was there a code red that was issued? Right? Was what did this come from the top down? What happened? Was it just these two soldiers had? accidentally murdered this fellow soldier um, or did they have orders from above okay so here's the courtroom and at one point there is one of these soldiers on the stand and kevin bacon's character he's also in this movie because of course he is he's a lawyer and he's saying here's the military handbook for life down at guantanamo bay he says soldier turn to the page in the handbook that tells you about code reds and the soldier kind of is confused and he says well it there's there's no there's no page that talks about code reds. Like seriously. So are you here trying to tell me that this big thing that you say happened, this code red thing that Everybody knows about, and actually is one of the ways they keep soldiers in line down here is not even in the military handbook that covers everything, you know, from A to Z here in, of life on, in Guantanamo Bay. And the soldier's like, I'm sorry, sir. You know, there's, there's no code red in this book. So basically uh, Kevin Bacon's character is trying to deny the reality or the existence of code reds because it's not in the book. And so Kevin Bacon walks away smugly, you know, kind of proved his point and Tom Cruise the opposing counsel, right? He walks up pretty smugly as well. He takes the book from Kevin Bacon's character and says, hands it to the soldier again. And he says, okay, soldier, point to the page where it shows you how to get to the dining hall, how to get to the mess hall, how to get, you know, fed the, the uh, cafeteria. And the soldier looks confused and says, no, sir, there's, there's, it doesn't tell you how to get to the cafeteria here. It doesn't have, to, it doesn't tell you how to get to the dining hall in in this book. And Tom Cruise's character says, wait, are you telling me that in the six months you were down there, you didn't eat one meal? And oh, no, sir. We had, you know, three squares a day, you know, every day. And he said, well, how did you, how did you find it it wasn't in the book? And the guy answers, the soldier answers. He says, I guess I just uh, followed the crowd at chow time. And this is the point. Okay. Thank you for letting me recap this movie from the 1990s. Um, But the point there is the Kevin Bacon character was saying, is it in the book? If it's not in the book, it must not exist, right? and the tom cruise character is saying yes there is a lot of instructions a lot of very important information that's in this book but there are also things that are part of life on the base in guantanamo bay that are not written in the book and the same thing is true when it comes to our christian faith there are so many things written in the book absolutely but there are also so many things that are not written in the book but are part of life following after jesus We have written tradition and we have spoken tradition, right? We have sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And that is so, so very important that we uh, understand that that's all part of what we call the deposit of faith. Lastly, the task of interpreting the word of God authentically has been entrusted solely to the magisterium of the church, that is to the Pope and the bishops in communion with him. And that's one of those things we just, again, come back to. We realize that uh, this magisterium, this magister, right, the teacher has been able to interpret authentically and authoritatively um, the word of God for us. And therefore, we don't need to be uh, concerned or worried. Uh, we know that we have a, a teacher That when Jesus said to the apostles, he who hears you, hears me, that at the last, when Jesus ascended to heaven, he says, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always until the end of the age that he meant it. And so God is still with us in his word he's with us in his sacraments he's with us in the church he still teaches us through the holy spirit working through the magisterium and so uh yeah it's it's always living it's always active the god's word is alive and it comes to us every single day god keeps speaking to us just like today as he's speaking to us every single day As as i said little nugget today um so here we go uh Maybe it wasn't so small, but you know, five paragraphs, five sentences. There's a lot of a lot of meat in those on them bones. Anyways, you guys, I am so grateful. Tomorrow will be day fourteen. You guys, thank you so much for being part of this journey. I am so grateful for you, and I'm praying for you. Please pray for me. My name is Father Mike, and I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless.